Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The lights are out. Curry gets it. The lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Trey Jones right side with it. 4.17 to go first half. Gets a crunching screen from Collins. Throws it to the cutting Bates Diop. Working on Kaminga who strips him. Kaminga takes it away. He'll lead the break and outlet. Tough pass. Gets home to Bates and he lays it in. And the Warriors go on to win 100-94 in San Antonio as they pick up win number 52. Jonathan Kaminga, a big part of the action in this one. Kevin Dana on the call tonight as the Warriors uh, one game to go on the 82-game slate for the 2021-22 season. We welcome you inside Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson with you for the next hour or so. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That's the phone number to participate in the program. You can give me a call or shoot me a text. Let's uh, get into this one. We'll hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, podium game for him in San Antonio. Nemanja Bialica uh, stepping up uh, to the microphone as we hit the airwaves here. So we will hear from all of them at some point uh, over the course of the next hour. But 888-957-9570, uh, phone lines open right off the top as we get uh, into this one. Wasn't always pretty for the Warriors tonight, but I thought overall uh, just a, a good, solid, workmanlike win. We talked a lot today uh, on Warriors Live and on Warriors This Week about this recent trend during the Warriors' now four-game winning streak. And, and if you even go back the game before that when the Warriors won the or lost to the Suns in the game that, that they thought really led the turnaround. Uh, and a lot of it has been predicated on the Warriors' ability to shoot the three ball at a high level. And you run through the box scores, and there's there's games where they're making 16 threes. There's games where they're making 20 threes. There's games where they're, they're shooting – close to 50% from three-point range uh, in some of these. Uh, that wasn't the case tonight. Uh, tonight the Warriors were 8 for 32 from three-point range. Uh, Jordan Poole had what went down as the worst shooting night of his career at 3 for 19, and the Warriors grinded and plotted and scraped their way uh, to a win against a team that, that they should be able to find a, a way to, to defeat when you look at the players that weren't playing for San Antonio. Uh, DeJounte Murray not playing, Jakob Pertl not playing, Devin Vassell not playing, Keldon Johnson not playing uh, in this one for San Antonio. So you can talk about who wasn't playing for the Warriors, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, but the Spurs were in a much worse way tonight. And, and they competed and, and gave the Warriors 
trouble at times. Uh, and this was a night where the Warriors didn't have the, the shooting that, that's made some of these wins uh, of late impressive ones, but they still found a way to get the job done. So I think that in and of itself uh, goes as a as a nice win, even though it wasn't always pretty, uh, and and even though it wound up uh, you know being being kind of a grind down the stretch. Jordan Poole able to get to the free throw line eleven times and knock down eleven for eleven, so he winds up with eighteen points in this one, and he equaled the shared high man honors with Jonathan Kaminga, who was a factor in his twenty one minutes. Uh, tonight he came in and and changed the game for the Warriors in the first half helped ignite them on a night where the shots weren't falling and they needed a little bit of juice and he helped them push off to a a 10-point halftime lead and we've seen him get some minutes in the first half of games of late and then not get minutes in the second half he played so well in the first half that Steve Kerr couldn't keep him out of, of the game in the second half and he wound up playing a lot in this one down the stretch and impactful uh, in and I think you know he makes a case for more playoff minutes with with the way that, that he played tonight I know a lot of Warrior fans have been wondering where's Jonathan Kaminga been as Steve Kerr has gone to more of a, a playoff like rotation with the bench group essentially being Peyton and Porter and, and Iguodala and, and Bialica and Kaminga gets a little short run in the first half and if he isn't playing well they they go back to some of the veteran players and maybe in a five six minute run they'll go back to the the, the regular players that are in the rotation the, the older guys and then he won't see the floor in the second half well not only was the run longer than five or six it was more like 10 or 11 in the first half he wound up getting another 10-11 minute run in the second half because he played so well that Steve Kerr couldn't keep him off the floor. And I think that is going to be the template for Kaminga to be able to play in the postseason. A lot of conversation on Twitter tonight during the game, uh, back and forth. and We've talked about this the last couple of weeks. I think we know the 9 or 10, really, that are going to be playing when the playoffs begin. And it's always going to be subject to change, but I don't think you – know, Jonathan Kaminga would be the 11th at this point and, and not necessarily the, the 10th. Uh, so he – and Kerr will play 11 in, in, the, in the playoffs. We've seen him do it, especially if he gives somebody some short run in the first half. And I think that's the, the spot that Kaminga's in, where he may, he may get a short shift in the first half. He may not. But he's going to have to keep himself ready because Steve Kerr's going to use him almost as a wild card, almost as as a break glass when needed for energy, for athleticism, for infectious play, for the ability to to just you know, get a bucket when the Warriors maybe are struggling to get buckets in the in the normal ways uh, th- that we see them do that when the, when they're functioning at a high level. So, uh, no, I don't think he's in every night in the rotation, going to play 20 minutes, but I do think he's somebody that's that's sort of the next in line to get minutes uh, if the Warriors need a little bit of a lift. And then ultimately it's going to be on him as to how well he plays as to whether a five-minute run becomes a 10-minute run and whether a 10-minute run can become second-half run in some of these playoff games because as much as we talk about eight, nine-man rotation, Steve Kerr's playing nine minimum 
if you add Bielitsa in, who looks like he's in the rotation, if you look at the way Steve Kerr's played at these last five games, that's 10 right there. Kerr will play 11. 11 might not play a lot, but he will play 11 and, and give opportunities. I think Kaminga falls into that that next slot. So 888-957-9570, 888 888- Nine five seven nine five seven zero. If you want to react to this one, uh, let's get John in Oakland in here tipping things off on a Saturday night on Warriors wrap up a ninety five seven the game. What's going on, John? Hey, John. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I got a question for you about attending these Chase Center games. I have noticed, and I've been a Bay Area sports fan for my whole life. And one thing at Raider games is everybody standing up. At Oracle, everybody was standing up. At these Chase Center games, most people are sitting down. And these seats are designed so that people can, if somebody's standing up in front of you, then you could stand up too and watch. But I really have a big question for you. I was talking to a friend about this. What is the etiquette for standing up in your, at your seat versus sitting down at your seat? If you're in a place where you're getting fired up, you're excited, you're cheering on the team, whatever it is, but you got people behind you who are just sitting there and they're not necessarily the biggest Warriors fans or whatever it is. What is the line? Where, where is your opinion on this? And I would be curious to hear what other people have to say about that as well. Thank you. Yeah, it's an interesting question, and it, it's a good one. It's one I've actually thought a lot about over the years uh, in, in, in my time going to games uh, in, in various cities as, as a fan and then and then getting into the media. And I know it, it's something that, that definitely fans do care about. I think, I think the etiquette is – you got to be aware of of everybody around you. I think in the playoffs, there's more free reign to to do what you want. Uh, but I, you do also have to kind of be keeping an eye on everybody around you. Do you have people that get up in the in the big moments? I think you can always get up for a big play. It's just a matter of are you gonna are you gonna be the one person that stays standing and you're one of like maybe you know five or ten in in a section that that's doing that. And I think a lot of people would say would let it fly a little bit but I know over the years it's definitely and this is everywhere throughout sports over the like you can get up but you got to get back down I I think unless the entire crowd is is rising as as one in maybe a big moment or a hyped moment in in a playoff game but I do think the rules are a little bit rules are a little bit looser and, and more anything goes uh once you get uh to the postseason but no I've been there I I've been there in, in buildings over the years as a fan where you're fired up, you're hyped, you want to stand, you want to get everybody else standing uh, and, and be screaming, and you get that tap on the shoulder like, hey, can you guys sit down? And it is just it, – it is it is a bummer. It is a, it is a buzzkill when it happens. So fair question, interesting question. Not the, kind of, not, not the question I expected to tip us off here, but the playoffs are coming around, and, and it is something that I have thought about over the years. But uh, just be, be cognizant and courteous. I think most people let you get up any time you want, but you gotta, you got to be kind of up and down. You don't want to be impairing others' others' view. Uh, and and it has changed. It's not an Oracle thing versus a Chase thing. It's really not. It's not a. It's not. You know. It it's more just the time that that time and the era we're in. I think in a lot of places, it's just more. You got to be considerate. It used to be you could stand up, and this is I think across sports. You could stand up and almost 
implore or dare other fans to stand up with you and not sit down. Now it's more like you got to roll with the, okay, I stood up for a couple of couple of seconds and now I got to be courteous to everybody else. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson here, Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. A couple of text messages to get to here uh, as we go to the Xfinity mobile text line. And the 203, J.D., can you explain why it became a jump ball after Poole slipped? Seemed like it would have remained Warriors' possession either way. Uh, on the review, and originally there was a foul called. Uh, the, the ball, it was a loose ball situation, the official said. Loose ball situation, no possession at that point. So when the Spurs challenged it and it was clear on the replay that Poole slipped, uh, on on his own sleeve, uh, and I know Jordan Poole was making the case, well, how did the sleeve get off my arm if I wasn't fouled at that point? I, I, I think Poole thought he was fouled when the sleeve came off his arm more than, than when he slipped on the sleeve once it once it fell to the ground, but, but the officials called that a foul. Greg Popovich challenged it. They went to the replay, and they deemed it a successful challenge, no foul, which I think was the correct call, but the ball at that point was loose. And so if it's if there's no possession at the point of the call, it becomes a jump ball at midcourt. So they level it out, jump ball midcourt. Anybody that's in the game at that point can jump it. Uh, it doesn't have to be pool. You can you can take your your best your best uh, tip man and and let him let him have at it to 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 get uh, possession. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. So that's what happened there. Uh, the four one five JD. Do you think we're going to see some hack of Wiggins at the end of playoff games? Michael Malone might just do that. Uh, already employed a similar strategy against the Warriors early in the year to steal a win. Yeah, the the game. The game uh, that the Warriors blew the big lead, he fouled Kevon Looney uh, on a couple of a couple of plays, and and Jokic fouled Kevon Looney. Uh, Malone had called for it on a couple of plays Looney had missed, and then later uh, when Looney got the ball for a dribble handoff, uh, Jokic fouled him, knowing that that he was in the in the penalty, and it wound up working out uh, on a, a couple of those possessions. Uh, to the to the Nuggets' favor when they had uh, the big comeback on the night before the All Star break uh, against the Warriors. So yeah, you'll get you'll get the kitchen sink thrown at the Warriors if they wind up playing the Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. I don't think there's much question about it. Uh, so that gets us to the scenarios. Hadn't laid those out at just yet, but it is going to go down to the final day of, of the regular season tomorrow as you look at the scenarios. So the Warriors get the win tonight. It's win number 52. So they remain in third in the Western Conference uh, at 52 and 29 with, with one game to go. Uh, Warriors also uh, you look at uh, the uh, the Warriors at, at 52 and 29. Uh, they're a game up on Dallas, but they have to finish a game up on Dallas. So the Warriors win tomorrow in New Orleans, and the other thing the Warriors did tonight was they eliminated any chance for San Antonio to move up in the play-in bracket. Uh, so the the Spurs are locked into 10th. The Pelicans are playing for nothing now tomorrow as well because they're locked into 9th. They're going to host the Spurs in, in the 9-10 the portion of the, the play-in bracket. Uh, so they've rendered tomorrow's game meaningless for the Pelicans. Warriors win tomorrow their third. 
Simple as that. Warriors win tomorrow against the Pelicans, their third. Uh, I know the plan, at least going into this game, was Clay Thompson is going to play tomorrow, but Andre Iguodala and Otto Porter Jr. are not going to play uh, as they haven't been playing back-to-backs, and they played in the ballgame tonight. So the Warriors, uh, we'll see tomorrow if they wind up sitting anybody else out. I know Steve Kerr said in his postgame uh, press conference, which we will pair, uh, play for you uh, here at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, uh, that Jordan Poole wasn't feeling well tonight. Uh, I think the Warriors do at this point want to want to keep winning, try and go out with a five-game winning streak and, and just lock up the third spot. So a win in their third, a loss opens the door for Dallas to move up to three, but Dallas would also have to win, and Dallas is playing the Spurs tomorrow uh, in Dallas. So... If the Warriors lose and Dallas wins, then the Warriors are fourth. Dallas moves up to third. That's one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is Utah and Denver. Right now, Utah is fifth, so four plays five. Right now, it would be, obviously, Dallas and Utah playing in the 4-5. Utah is in Portland tomorrow. And so if Utah wins at Portland, and Portland has lost 10 consecutive games and they are openly tanking to close the season at 27 and 54, trying to get the best potential lottery position they can have. Uh, So Utah, in all likelihood, as much as they've been on the big-time collapse of late, if Utah wants the five, they go get that win in Portland, and they will be the five seed. Now, if they somehow lose in Portland, Denver with a win at home against the Lakers – who are also playing for nothing at this point, and Denver could could move up, win the division, and, and get into the five spot. But in all likelihood going into tomorrow, Utah's going to wind up fifth and Denver's going to wind up sixth. So the, the more likely flip would be maybe the Warriors don't win tomorrow in New Orleans and Dallas does, and then those two teams flip. And, and obviously the implications are key, more so for... I think who the Warriors would play in the second round. Like I don't, I don't think Denver, Utah, and I know we've gone back and forth about this topic for for the last week or week plus. Sure, I, I think you could make a case that the Warriors would would rather play Utah because Utah's got so many potential internal issues because of the way the Warriors are defended by the Jazz. Uh, and the drop coverage that they play. The Warriors are very comfortable. They get a lot of really good looks against Utah. There's a case to be made. The answer is Utah probably is the more favorable matchup just for the sheer fact that they are a bigger mess than the the Denver Nuggets are, and they don't have Nikola Jokic, who could very well go back-to-back as as the MVP of, of the NBA. So I understand... The, the argument, I think it's if you want to really get down to, to nuts and bolts on it, I think Utah is the more favorable matchup. I think both matchups are fine, though, for the Warriors. And you look at Jokic, he's going to do his thing, and the Warriors don't have size. But I think the Warriors can, in some ways, allow him to do his thing, give him different looks really go out of their way to take other players out of the game and it, and it essentially make it a one make it make it a one versus five kind of a thing. Uh, I got a lot of respect for the Denver Nuggets. I got a lot of respect for Michael Malone and, and the way he rolls and the season that they've had and a lot of it is Michael Malone and Nikola Jokic, period. But the rest of their roster, no disrespect to them because again I I I like the grind of a Monte Morris and a Will Barton and a 
and a Bones Highland, and I think Aaron Gordon's been a nice, nice fit for them. But the reality of the situation is Denver's got Jokic and a bunch of guys that you – know, couple of guys that wouldn't be star that that should be bench players that are starting because Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are out. Like they it's Jokic and rotation players, but back into the rotation players. Guys that probably should be coming off the bench and a couple of them are starting. So what I'm getting at is I don't think Denver's got enough firepower over a seven game series, even with Jokic going off, to be able to be a major, major threat to the Warriors. And that's not to say it's going to be an easy series, but I just don't get bent either way. Even with Jokic on the other side, I don't get bent either way thinking it has to be Utah. It has to. If it winds up being Utah, great. I think that works out very well. I, I was talking about this back New Year's night. The Warriors are just comfortable playing against the Jazz. It's just, it's just comfortable. Denver's not comfortable by comparison. They're grinders. They'll they'll fight and scrap and claw, and Michael Malone will, will throw the kitchen sink at you. So in, in some ways, it may be a more, you know, they're a more athletic team. Utah's a more skilled team. Uh, but then the Jazz have Gobert, and, you know, Denver has Jokic, uh, who is obviously one of the most skilled players in the league, but then they've got more athletes than skilled guys among the rest. I think that actually, you know, that that could make life a little more difficult at times on the Warriors, but I, I just don't see how they'd have enough firepower uh, to, to beat the Warriors in a series. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, if the Warriors win tomorrow, the likely outcome is Warriors Nuggets at this point, but it could flip and it could flip uh, either way with 3-4 or 5-6. We'll pause here, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. We'll get to more text messages. We'll get to more phone calls. We're going to hear from Steve Kerr next. we got the shot of the game coming up as we keep it rolling here for another half hour or so as the Warriors win tonight in San Antonio, 100-94. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Over the last 10 years... Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson here until 930, 888-957-9570. Warriors beat the Spurs tonight, 100-94. Win number 52 on the season for the Warriors as the Warriors also picked up their 21st road win, 21-19 with one game to go on the road So the Warriors securing a winning road record for the seventh time in the last nine seasons, uh, winning on the road. And, of course, uh, the Warriors, uh, you're going to have to win on the road in the playoffs if if you're going to make a run. Obviously, the Warriors are not going to have home court advantage at the level they've had in, in prior years, but they've been able to do that as well, going all the way back to the Steph Clay and Draymond era beginning. The Warriors have won a road playoff game in every single series that the three of them have played together. Uh, so that that's a great stat and a great nugget and a great note and one uh, that, that will be fun to follow here as the playoffs begin. Uh, either a week from today or a week from tomorrow, we'll find out all of the information on that tomorrow. So 888-957-9570. We'll get to a couple of text messages coming up here momentarily, but right now let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, and he began his post-game press conference uh, by giving an update on Stephen Curry. I don't know over the last couple couple of days, um, but everything, you know, up until um, two days ago was the last time that I talked to him and talked to Rick. Everything has been on schedule, and since I haven't heard from them, I assume it still is. How how how's Jordan feeling? You know, physically, that you had an incredible yeah he was not feeling well tonight he uh laboring out there and i, I was really proud of him um you know uh, there's going to be nights like that um in this league for for guys who you know who are well for everybody but for guys who handle the ball and have that kind of responsibility and score a lot of points there's nights when the ball doesn't go in the hoop and it's just so important to keep playing and keep fighting. And I thought he made huge plays down the stretch. Um, 
made it made his free throws um just battled the whole night he just you know it wasn't his night but he overcame that and uh, that takes a lot of maturity a lot of guts so really really proud of jordan i was going to ask you know when his shot is falling is this another sign of, of his growth that he is getting to the free throw line so many times uh finding other ways to still pretty impactful yeah, it's definitely a sign of his maturity and growth, not just getting to the foul line, but, you know, distributing the ball. He had eight assists and he took care of it. He just two turnovers and competed defensively. And, you know, it was a, it was a long grinding night for him, but he helped us get the win. And, and that's uh, it's a great sign for a young player who's, um, you know, still still learning a lot about this league. Draymond said that he definitely is the most player. If you can get a night like this, kind of a grinding night, like you said, kind of a case uh does to me you know i don't know uh as far as the voting on the award um i don't know how that factors in but as his coach as someone who sees him every single day i'm thrilled with the growth and the maturity you know where he was um two and a half years ago compared to now it's just dramatic and he's earned every bit of it i mean he's uh he's just worked so hard and he's uh played different roles he's been you know, our point guard, our two guard, he started, he's come off the bench. Um, and regardless, he's just um, learned and, and listened and, and um, improved. I mean, you know, perfect shooting from a safety standpoint in the second quarter. Um, had two big steals and overall had a really solid night, you know, aside from fouls. Just what have you thought about him? And do you feel like he's just making those strides with the rookie that can actually yeah, I mean, J.K. is just such a dynamic athlete, and he's uh, he's come along. He's come so far, um, you know, just in the last few months. And I thought he was a real key tonight, you know. Um, didn't enter the game till the second quarter, and then, um, you know, it made an immediate impact, um, you know, making shots and, and being physical and getting some rebounds. And I thought J.K. had a really good night. Your thinking with the rotation pattern for him because, as you said, didn't come into the yeah, I believe he didn't play in the third either. Well, we're um, you know, we've got a lot of guys who are uh, important to us, and um, and I started Damian Lee so that we could keep our second group intact with Gary and Otto, Belly and Andre, and uh, and then you know, JK is um, is the guy we go to, um you know, if after that, that group. So it's kind of been that way the last few games. And if he's got it going, we'll stay with him. And if not, then we'll, we'll go back to the vets, but um, he's doing a great job of staying ready. You mentioned the other night that first other day in practice, I can't remember which one it was, but you guys have kind of been solidifying at least in your conversations, what the rotation of the playoffs, mm-hmm. playoffs is going to look like, obviously with one back or bench, but is this second unit what kind of what you're expecting to play in the postseason? Yeah, and then uh, that could change 10 minutes into game one. So um, you just don't know how the playoffs are going to shake out. But uh, got a lot of options. Um, I, I like uh, a lot of those guys coming off the bench. I like the combination of those vets. Um, you know, they know how to play, and they're doing a great job. Um, but um, the the option to go to JK is there, and it's a it's a it's a really a powerful one. I do. Draymond was great tonight. I thought he was the best player on the floor. His energy, his rebounding, his uh, distrib- uh, distribution of the ball, 
Um, his energy was great. He just, he came out ready to play. And um, that's a, a great sign. He knows, you know, playoffs are next week. And uh, I think he's, um, you know, since he came back a few weeks ago, I thought this was the best he's looked physically. So, um, you know, it's a great sign heading into next week. What do you think was the biggest factor in kind of that, that half meltdown, you know, between that and playing with I thought it was that it was more them than us. You know, I just thought, um, you know, San Antonio, they have an identity. They um, they're obviously so well coached, no matter who they play, they're connected. Um, they stay together, they compete and they made a great run to close that third quarter. I thought the, the buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter was a big shot to take it from 10 to seven. And then uh, they kept, they kept going. They had a lot of guys who played really well tonight. So um, more about them than than us. When it comes to Kuminga in the playoffs, is it is the message as simple as kind of to stay ready? And how important is it having veteran leadership with Andre and Draymond in a way to kind of push that message on him as well? Yeah, I mean, we need our our vets to uh, to lead and uh, continue to talk to JK, and um, they've done a great job of that all year. And uh, yeah, I'm I have no doubt JK will make an impact in the playoffs. Steve, you know, coaches can sometimes be reluctant to play teenagers in the playoffs. And I'm wondering, uh, with J.K., you know what he can do, but how do you calculate the risk of playing a teenager who can do what he does but also can be foul-prone? Well, that's going to be um, the situation that we'll be in. You know, he's a he's a really gifted player, and he's talented and, and um, physically capable of doing a lot of things out there uh, that can help us. So... He's an option, and we'll just have to read how this the, the, uh, the matchups are, whoever we play, and uh, read the game and determine whether we think we should play him or not. But um, I have no doubt if I call on him that, that he's going to play well. Yeah, and Steve Kerr there on, on Jonathan Kaminga, and I think the, the key quote is Steve Kerr saying he has no doubt that J.K. will make an impact in the playoffs Already got a text uh, from the 510 here on the Xfinity Mobile text line saying JK has got to play. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of Warrior fans feel that way. I think tonight, and Steve Kerr laid it out, the pathway to more minutes for, for Kaminga tonight was the fact that Clay Thompson wasn't playing. Uh, and so he started Damian Lee. He mentioned the fact that he started Damian Lee because he wanted to keep the rest of the bench group intact Iguodala Peyton Porter Bielitsa those four have been playing together typically with with Clay Thompson or, or Jordan Poole as the fifth uh, and then the next man that they go to off of that is Kaminga and you know for a boost and and Steve Kerr plays a bigger rotation even in the playoffs than than a lot of head coaches do a lot of a lot of coaches I mean Michael Malone's probably going to play eight or nine uh, if the Warriors play the Nuggets. Quinn Snyder's probably going to play eight or nine if the Warriors play uh, the Jazz in the first round of the playoffs. Kerr is going to play 10 and probably 11 if Kaminga is, is going to at least get that, that short first half stint. And I think Steve Kerr has told us the pathway for Kaminga to, to get more minutes. It's stay ready. It's I'm going to go to you if I think I need you and he laid it out in the, the the sound that we just played he'll go to him and then if he plays well he'll he'll maybe keep playing but if he doesn't play well that might be it 
for, for, for a given night. So there will be a game, though, where Steve Kerr goes to him, and probably more than one, where Steve Kerr goes to him and he does make an impact and, and help the Warriors, as he did tonight, help them win a, a playoff game. There will also be games, though, where he gets that first four or five-minute run and it doesn't go well and that's all he plays for the night. Or maybe he doesn't play at all as a playoff series goes on and, he, and if he doesn't play well in the first couple of games. So 8 at 8 9 Let's get Philmo Mike in here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Philmo? Hey, what's up, J.D.? You always do a great job. Great win tonight. Um, I just want to say, um, y'all, y'all were talking earlier. I know you ain't talked about the playoffs yet, but we got to stay aggressive. The Memphis Grizzlies going to get over because they like a New York Knicks team back in the day. They, they're they aggressive. So if we stay aggressive, no matter who we play, we can win the game. We we played aggressively at the end of the night. I love when Kamiga come in and go straight to the post. He's a mismatch problem. We got to keep attacking that. I don't know how you're going to get him in the game, what we got to do, but we got to just we just got to stay aggressive. Draymond played great. He played his butt off tonight. Great game. Yeah, he did. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call. Draymond played well. We hope to hear from Draymond here at some point between now and 930 before we call it a night. But, yeah, you look at Draymond's line and 12 points, 13 boards, eight assists, nearly got the triple-double, had a block shot, had a steal. Uh, but he was a factor, and the Warriors 11-1 and when Draymond scores 10 or more. You know, when he gets buckets, and I don't – Fitz was talking about it on the TV side. When he gets buckets, the Warriors are pretty tough to beat because often they're getting buckets from enough other players on the roster. So if he starts putting up the double-doubles and close to triple-doubles, you know, look out. That's a big reason why the, the Warriors, have, I think, have lost, what, one time in, in, in his career when he's had uh, a triple-double. 888 957 the 2-4-0. Taking me to task here on the Xfinity mobile text line saying, J.D., stop talking like that. The Warriors aren't good enough to overlook any team. Who said the Warriors are overlooking any team? What I said was it doesn't matter who they play. What I said it doesn't – what I'm saying is I've heard a lot of you want Utah, you want Utah, you want Utah. And that's fine. I think there's a case for you want Utah, okay? I I get it. I hear it. I, I would even probably agree with it. To a certain extent. My point is it's not that big of a deal. My point is Utah-Denver, Denver-Utah, both teams pose problems. Denver, you want to tell me they're the more difficult opponent simply because they have Nikola Jokic uh, on their roster? I'll buy that. point I'm getting at is not that you're overlooking anybody. The point I'm getting at is if the Warriors bring it uh, and, and the approach is – uh, as the two four zero lays out, the Warriors must play each game like it's their lap. Well, no, no doubt. This person adds too small and consistent on both ends to, to be cocky. Nobody's talking about being cocky. It's it's the, the the Warriors playing hard and and playing like each game is the last in the playoffs is is price of admission stuff. Like I'm I'm if the Warriors aren't doing that, then forget it. Like they're they're going out in the second round, but I don't think that's going to be uh, an issue uh, for the Warriors. But no, I'm not I'm not making light of any opponent. They're going to have to wind up 
you know, they're going to have to wind up bringing it against either one of these teams. The point that I'm getting at is I don't think there's a heavy advantage. One, there, there might be a minor advantage in playing Utah. I don't think there's a heavy-duty advantage in playing Utah versus playing Denver. Like, Jokic will do his thing. We had another text down here uh, talking about the fact that, you know, 5-1-0, Denver should be a favorable matchup. Jokic carried them all season. He's bound to get tired in the playoffs. I agree with that. I, like, he's bound to wear down, especially if the Warriors play smaller against him and run him. And, again, no disrespect to the other players the Nuggets have. Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, who always kills the Warriors. Monte Morris, who hit the game-winning three back before the All-Star break. Like, no disrespect to those guys, but but I don't think they can hold up and provide enough offensively to beat the Warriors in a seven-game series. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here when we find out what the matchup is tomorrow night right around this time and say, yeah, I think the Warriors are sweeping a series. Like, I don't, I don't think they're sweeping. In fact, I'm, I'm probably going to pick the Warriors to win in six. Probably five against Utah, maybe six against Denver, to be perfectly honest. It, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy because the Warriors are going to be finding themselves and having to deal with their own uh, inconsistencies at times this year. So by no stretch uh, do I think it's uh, an easy, easy task here. All right. Let's get to our shot of the game, which is presented by the County of Santa Clara. Green for Poole. Bounce pass back to Draymond. Challenging Landale, and he lays it in off the glass from the left side of the floor. Well, his strength just moved his defender away, and he hung long enough to get a wide-open look inside. 12-12 and 12 for Green. They lead by seven with seven minutes to go. And Kevin Dana on the call there, sitting in for Tim Roy along with Jim Barnett. You hear that? That's the shot of the game presented by the County of Santa Clara. Book a COVID-19 booster now at sccfreevax.org. sccfreevax.org, or you can call 211. Warriors wrap up here at 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson with you. Warriors now 52-19. and 19. Uh, let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes uh, of Jonathan Kaminga, one of the stars tonight, as he and Jordan Poole led the way in terms of scoring. Uh, Kaminga, 6 of 8, uh, got to the free throw line four times, even knocked down uh, a couple of threes. Uh, let's hear a couple of couple of quick quick minutes with Jonathan Kaminga. I know that. I think that for sure. Uh, you know, I just got to stay ready. Uh I know my number's gonna get called at some point, and if they don't get called, I know I'm already, I'm always ready to contribute. Did you feel like you almost like you need to make a statement in today's action? Just like I am ready for the first season, I can make a statement. I mean, it's not, it's not that. It's just coming out there. Uh, whenever your name get called, go out there contribute. Uh, help the team to get that win. And I think that's what it's all it's all about. Just go out there, hoop, uh, do good things to help the team win. Getting a message as far as the playoffs and how to kind of stay ready. I mean, Draymond always mentioned the playoff ain't easy. Uh, so even for people that don't play every single day, uh, whenever your names get called, everybody just gotta stay ready, and I always keep up with that. So that's what I believe on just staying ready. I think a couple months ago or something, you were talking about how like, we don't shoot three, but I want to say, I think that that's really 
getting a lot of grief. How do you think your shot selection has kind of developed uh, over the season, what you're comfortable taking, what you're encouraged to take? Even when I say that, I'm comfortable taking them. Yeah. Just gotta know when to take them and when not to take them. Uh, and I feel like when I take them, I just gotta know I gotta make them. Or if I don't take them, gotta keep playing. And I just gotta take them as long as the defenders stay back because some of them don't respect me. So I just gotta show that I'm capable of shooting even if they don't respect me. So as long as I keep shooting and they respect me at the end of the day, that gonna help me, especially if I'm playing with Drummond. I'm gonna get a back door every single time. What does a game like tonight do for you? There's only one game left now before the playoffs, but this season, the confidence that we're going to When I look back to when I started to this point, it's just a motivation. Uh, I feel like I got way, way better. And that's just dedication on listening, uh, doing a lot of things. That's what got me here. So it's crazy because when the season started, I was like, damn, we got to play the two games, and here we almost at the end of it. So, and when I look back, like I said, I got way better. I mean, it's crazy. Where do you think you're the I would say everything. Everything on the floor, playing defense, uh, offense, just being a player. Can you feel the game kind of slow down like that with everything kind of like that? Like how much can I I would say uh, most of it is just the game slowing down and knowing my role, knowing what I'm capable of doing on the floor when I go out there. You started the season and you know, what did the roster and what did the start to do with the other veteran players? Did you think back then, you know, I, there's a chance that you could be a playoff rotational player? Was it something that you kind of just said, just maybe not this year, but? I mean, we're not in a playoff year, but when I look, I look back, I used to say with a lot of work that I'm putting, watching films with Coach Kenny every single day and working out with Gemma, as long as I came more comfortable. It's going to give me at least some time in just a regular season to go out there and just start growing from there and preparing for as long as I'm going, still going to be in the league. So just that's the beginning. I'm building on top of everything I do every single day. Yeah, JK, you, you know, rookies don't get a lot of respect from referees in the NBA. What are your things you have to learn to sort of avoid foul trouble when you know you're getting called for a lot of calls? I just got to stay aggressive. As long as referee knows, I always play physical. And even if I don't foul, at the end of the day, they're still going to give it to me because they don't want to give it to Dremont because you know Dremont was going to talk back to them and they're scared of that because they know I'm not going to say nothing. So, and I don't want to get a technical because that's just getting the minus off my playing time and just coaching trusting me and stuff. So, as long as I'm still doing the same thing, there's going to be a day where they're not going to call those fouls. Yeah, so Jonathan Kaminga going to have to watch the foul trouble more because he has had a tendency to pick up fouls at, at inopportune times than him you know, actually putting himself in a position where he fouls out. I don't know that he's going to be playing enough in the playoffs to where he, he's in, in that position, but he was an impactful player tonight, and he's going to have an opportunity to be an impactful player tomorrow because the Warriors are not going to have Otto Porter uh, and they're not going to have Iguodala. So he played 20 two tonight I would imagine he plays more than 22 tomorrow all right let's get Bobby in San Francisco in here before we call it a night on 95.7 the game hey Bobby hey how's it going JD first off uh just want to give props to you because I feel like you're the one person at the whole 95.7 the game station that keeps it level-headed you got you don't do the whole hot 
take type of, type of thing. So thank you for that. Uh, Appreciate secondly, it. Do you feel like Looney was like on a minute kind of restriction tonight? Because he had five rebounds. I bet on the five and a half and over. Oh. He only got 12 minutes tonight. What, what happened with that? And then lastly, um, do you feel like Kaminga, when it comes to the playoffs, is Kerr? Because I honestly feel like Kerr should use him as like a spark plug where, you know, we don't have any energy, put him in there. But right now, with the way the rotations are going, I almost feel like Kerr is only going to use him maybe in like those games that we have a blowout, right? Like very seldomly. So what are your thoughts? Thank you. I think it's... I think it's. I think you answered it, Bobby. I think it. I think it is going to be seldom, at least going into it. But I do think he's going to use him the way you said, like a, like a spark plug. I think he is going to. He's going to get opportunities to play. It's not going to be regular, and he's going to have to play well to keep playing more. Uh, but I do think Steve Kerr is going to use him in that in that vein. As far as Looney, real quickly, uh, that has been a little bit of a trend. The Warriors have wanted to play smaller. Uh, Zach Collins was the biggest player that the Spurs had tonight. They didn't have Jakob Jakob Pertle. Uh, so I, I, but but it is a trend. Uh, Looney, fifteen minutes in the game against the Lakers. You, you keep going back. Uh, he only played twelve against the Jazz, so he has been playing less and less does make me wonder, I'll have to do some digging on that, if maybe he's been dealing with a little something, but he wants to obviously be fresh and ready to roll for the playoffs, but also play all 82, which he'll have an opportunity to do tomorrow uh, by getting out there even for just a couple of minutes. All right, that's it for us. Uh, we'll call it a night uh, here on 95.7 The Game. as uh, Back tomorrow, quick turnaround, game number 82, uh, as the Warriors will take on the Pelicans. Warriors live Coming up at 5 o'clock, that's a 6.30 tip, Warriors Live at 5 o'clock. It'll be myself and Alan Stiles that, that have you covered on that. Uh, so keep it locked right here. The, the Bay Area Panthers are coming up. Uh, so keep, uh, keep it locked here on 95.7 The Game for that. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 5. Warriors win it tonight in San Antonio, 194, and you heard it on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.